Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. to the PJ's cast. I am your uh, temporary host, Jimmy, alongside Schmitty. Uh, Pierce is on work duty today. He's making people's lives better at the hospital. So, Schmitty and I are going to take over. Uh, as we said, uh, we lost our tapes, but we're still sodden host, so we can score shorthanded. It's all good. We actually, um, so we actually, before this, uh, we we talked for about 45 minutes, and then I stopped, and I went, hey, we're not recording. So, does, it, does, anyone, want to, does anyone want to speak into the mic on whose responsibility it was to record? Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, actually, I have no excuse for that. That was tough. Um, <laughs> Just fucking that was it. tough. That was real tough. Oh. Uh, beginners, beginners, uh. No, that's not, that's not beginner's luck. That's beginner's suck. That's that was tough. That's not beginner's luck. That's beginner's suck. <laughs> Very funny. Just too funny. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, we will once again get into the uh, Blues and Av series, and uh, unfortunately, um, after a an exciting. A uh, rather dominant 6-3 win by the Blues. The score does not do the game justice in how it went. They and even three win by the Blues, the Abs won. Oh, of course. <laughs> I'm really just off today. Dude, you're good. I'm just like... Oh, man. I was like, um, wait. <laughs> no, well, thank God they didn't. Um, but uh, a really incredibly exciting game there. Even though the Abs really controlled the play, it just it was still an entertaining game to watch. Like, it didn't... It somehow didn't feel one-sided, even though it kind of was. Um, but it's still an incredibly exciting game. Nathan McKinnon, uh, once again, just sunning the Blues, gets four points, now has seven points in two games, does it with hat a hat trick. trick. Hat trick, yeah. 
Uh, Brandon Saad gets an empty netter. Uh, clearly, Stan Bowman was... You also was... got to talk about Gabe Landis or Jonas Donskoy just starting the show 35 seconds in oh on Bennington. <laughs> Couldn't <laughs> even get the game on before they already scored. I was still watching the end of the Hurricanes game, and I turned it on, and it's already one nothing. I was like, oh, all right. Colorado Didn't he not... kidding, throw it off his ass? Uh, he might have. I, I think it was Graves. Graves shot it, and then it went like... Uh... The first goal it like trickled or something. Like I don't I, I remember it briefly. It was like up to the left point. Anyway, yeah. like there's fuck McKinnon. See Jonas Donskoy show. Dude, Jonas Donskoy's at his bag this postseason. You better yes, watch sir. out. <laughs> but you know, I wish we could be all excited about that, but we have to talk about a potential or not potential, it's upcoming because we upcoming. still, haven't, still yeah. haven't heard it yet. Uh Nazim Kadri. Got back to his old mischievous ways of just lighting people up for no reason. And uh, I'm going to keep it a little more PG than I did on the first one because I got a little <laughs> way off the rails on that. I'm going to be a little calmer oh. this one. And but, for fair reason, too. Dude, but go ahead. This should be minimum 10 games. He got We, t- we talked about it before. He got five the first time. Or the yeah. second time, but he did it with the Leafs in 2018-2019. Three, then five, and then he actually kept this case together last year. But here we are again. I thought he got it out of his game by now because he had such a good he had he's had such a good two years in Colorado, and then he just Justin Fox got the puck in the middle of the ice and you just see like like you said when you see it from Nas and Kod, or the camera angle from where Nas is coming from yeah he yeah. just no regard for human life full speed <laughs> elbow to the head it, it is just it, it is bush league man and the I fact that he still has that in his ridiculous. game it's so dumb it's so so dumb. And they doesn't need it in his game. Like it's, he, Colorado needs him for so much more this playoff run. They're trying to win a cup. They just won the President's Trophy, and now you're hindering that cup run again. Sound a little familiar? Because you're being a freaking dope and hitting people for no fucking reason. And there's no, there's there's no reason. You're up three one late in the second. You don't need to do that. You literally do not need to do that. You could still win the game and not bite someone's head off. It's, and the good thing going for Colorado, um, our uh, good friend, good friend of the podcast, Pierce, uh, I'd mentioned, he said, uh, well, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's too bad that uh, Colorado doesn't have a, a young rookie like Alex Newhook to take that spot. What a shame. Shane Bowers. What a sh- we have Shane Bowers. Literally like, could like throw JT Confer there and the <laughs> wingers are good enough to carry JT Confer. It's just like. Right. And they play Colorado's deep, but it's just oh, oh but that's a hit. Obviously, you know neither of them are going to be what Kadri is, you know, in the moment or at the moment. So still a huge hit to their uh, their center depth, and you know we've talked about it. Everyone knows, you know, it goes defense and then centers, two most important things. Goalie could be above all that. You could easily argue that. I, I go I go goalie, defense, and centers. Yeah, yeah, because you could yeah. actually. It's a good debate. That's a, that's a defense. Debate. I put goalie then centers, honestly. That's fair. We literally watched the Hawks win a cup with four functioning defensemen. So we've that's seen the Caps fair. and Penguins win cups with subpar decors. With literally just take I, together I would Trevor argue Daly the Lightning have everything. only three guys that are actually really good defensemen on their team, and they won the cup last year. I feel like it's if you're deep down the middle and you can have a goalie that can steal you a series. You're gonna go a long way. You know what? That's why I, yeah, I mean, like, touche. I, touche. I, I, we can kind of like leeway into the next uh, game of discussion. Um, oh, for sure. I feel like 
that's being put on display 100% right now in the Edmonton Winnipeg series because I want to get full. This. We all talked about it. We we, we didn't know how Ed, or Winnipeg was going to come out game one. Ehlers and um, Dubois both out. They were both out too, yeah. Out. So completely forgot. That. Had to completely change their game plan. Paul Maurice does the unthinkable and makes his team basically play the style the Anaheim Ducks did in 2015. They had 67 hits that game. Too. 67 <laughs> hits and I think over 30 block shots. They put on a defensive clinic. McDavid didn't have a shot on goal. Oh, I I knew it was yeah. zeros. He was on the was. ice for the Foyarby goal, but he didn't have a point or a shot on goal in over 20 minutes of play. Whatever I hear that, I think of the Tony Snell stat line. Yeah, zero, We're zero. We're just, just zero. running out there. <laughs> 27 minutes played, no stats. And when Winnipeg played their game, the goals weren't pretty, obviously, but they're never going to be pretty in the playoffs. I mean, that's how they're going to win this series. If they're going to win this series, they got to make Edmonton not play the way they want to play. They got to make McDavid play that rough game. And you, you can tell it. Edmonton was you getting frustrated right at before the series. They have to, all they have to do is just clamp down, trust clamp in Hellebuck. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. We saw it last night. Like, even Drysaddle, he couldn't carry his own line. They had to glue him together at the end because they couldn't like get they anything going do. on. Like they always do. It looked like the Oilers of the past. Like, I, you know, and obviously, you know, I said this last podcast, I really think that this team is deeper and I think they're still good enough to make a run. You know, this is just one it's game. game one, but, but also, I don't, this is oh, a two-point sure. game. There were two empty netters, but. But mm. what, but what you talked about and what you thought was going to happen and what did happen is a sign that Winnipeg can win the series if they play the right game. And again, that's without Dubois and Ehlers. That's even when they get them back. Yeah. be something else. It's huge, man. It's so yeah. huge. And also, like, I remember the commentators were saying, Paul Maurice has been, like, yeah, the Jets sucked down the stretch. But the reason apparently the Jets sucked down the stretch is because Paul Maurice was trying to practice, trying to get them to play this style. And yeah. it seems like beating the dead horse on the head or whatever, whatever the saying is, beating them on the head a bunch of times worked because everyone played their assignment. Last night when Connor McDavid doesn't have a shot on goal, you've done a pretty good job every time. It wasn't even like not to take away from Hellebuck first star and deservedly so, but like, I mean, the fact that you didn't even have to face a McDavid shot, you gotta love that from your team, man. I mean, he has said that a bunch of times too, but like, it's just the way they played, the way they completely changed their play style. It just it shows that this team is committed to doing more than what we think they're capable of doing on paper, which is a sign of great coaching. And it's a sign of everyone's on board with the night. And like you looked at, you look at the Edmonton or not that Edmonton team, that Winnipeg team. That's a big bottom six. They got like, those are a lot of big heavy bodies that can just kind of throw you around and just beat you down. And for a a team like Edmonton, like, that didn't work on the Hawks back in the day because I, I compared it to the Ducks, and obviously the Ducks didn't beat the Hawks in that series. No, this Edmonton team is not nearly as deep as that Chicago team was. They can't go three lines with Anaheim just or with Winnipeg just beating you down every shift. Yeah. Dude, I, I don't know, man. I just I was very impressed with Winnipeg last night. I just wanted to go on a little bit. Oh, of the completely agree. Talk. Tucker Pullman scoring the first goal for them in the playoffs and getting game winner. Ryan like, Donato, I believe. Dominic Toynato, I think, is his name. It's with a T. Like, Don't even. Uh, oh, I think of Ryan Donato. Thinking of Ryan. Yeah, Donato. you're thinking of Ryan Donato on San Jose. Yeah. 
Yeah, but no. It, it, if you're getting scoring from those players and you're playing that style of defense, we just talked about you know defense and goalies and center. They they if they can play defense, they have a goalie and they have a center depth. Yep. They, they have, have that. They have that like um. They have that Boston. Tampa Bay ask offense where they don't need a lot of ice and they can get it done pretty quick. Exactly. Like they can and be playing terribly possession wise the whole game and they can still squeak two or three goals out. Which what is kind of all you need about to get them done. is that they're the perfect kind of opportunistic. They, they capitalize. They don't need to wait for an opportunity, but if you give them one, if you mess up, you think it's going to the back of your net. 100%, you know? dude. And they can do it without that, but you also can't do that. They have that killer instinct. And you knows, like you said, you know. Maybe Edmonton even wins the next four games. Maybe McDavid and Drysdale will get pissed and say enough of this. Who knows? But they got Bobby, one. But that's more than most people thought they were. I was like, they got one, and that's more than most people thought they were going to get. Exactly. Oh, so many people thought they were going to get swept. I, I another, swept, but still. So two more that's huge correct. reasons Winnipeg won. They were sixty percent in the faceoff dot last night. That's that helps. huge. And also, they only took two. They only took one penalty all night. That so is Edmonton's very lethal good. power play stayed off the wow. ice. It is that also, is the formula to beat Edmonton this year, and they did it to a T. So to make it about the Blackhawks, uh, Isaac Phillips just signed his NHL contract with the Blackhawks at the age, I believe, of nineteen. That wasn't he a pick last year? He was a pick last year, and he played in the AHL the same year. Mm-hmm. Or well, technically next year, but uh, yeah, really, really cool to see for him. Good for him. Uh, yeah. Don't I can't say I have much of a book on him. Uh, our good friend Wally, uh, mm-hmm. good friend of the podcast. Wally hasn't even been on it. Still a good friend of the podcast. What a guy! Um, no, you could. I'm sure he could definitely give you uh, something on that. Um, but again, good for him, man. Good for him. Yep. Just More wanna, young talent in Rockford. Let me just double so, check. Always good. Any information I can here. Um. See, ice, the Ice Hogs are saying he has an NHL deal, but I'm not seeing it anywhere else. I just want to make sure I can get something else on this before we go on. So I'm not just yeah, no. pulling out of my ass. Um, no, I'm. this is really weird. I'm not seeing this. It, it's probably it, not official yet with the Blackhawks. That's why. Yeah. I, I haven't seen the Blackhawks tweet about it. So Yeah, that's the first place I look, too. Probably agree. But... I mean, probably by next podcast, it'll be finalized, or probably by the end of the show, honestly. Give it an hour. I was going to say, be, yeah. It'll probably be finalized. But, but uh, I love that piece, man, the fact that he could play. And I know, you know, playing big minutes is not playing good minutes necessarily, but even playing any minutes in the AHL at that age, and he seemed to do pretty well from yeah. what I've heard. I hope I'm right. At that age, crazy. Either way, good for him. Oh, That's yeah. awesome. Dude, I really good like for him. Piece. And he's going to get minutes in Rockford this year, so. That'll be nice. Not to be that person, but you know what? A little bit more diversity. I always appreciate that. <laughs> Especially nowadays, man. I always yeah, appreciate that. Um, but uh, on to the next game. The closest uh, series, I would say, so okay. far. And that would be... I, I, I'm going to go out that far and say it. The, the Washington-Boston series is the closest series we have through three games. All three games gone to overtime. I think all are 3-2 or 4-3. I think one was 4-3. Yeah, one three, was 4-3 two. game. Yeah. Three two four three three two yeah, but yeah, yeah oh, man, Boston's like we talked about it when we uh you know kind of lulled the first try of this. Um, <laughs> we're good through we the saying, time. We have warm ups. It's all good. I know. So like we know what we're gonna talk about. So exactly. I mean, Boston 
Boston has this tendency where like we were talking, we were saying, I know I brought it up with Tampa on Monday. They have this tendency where they just kind of can lay back a little and they just kind of wait for you to mess up. And the thing with the Capitals that I've started to figure out, at least from watching them this series, they just kind of seem like the Blackhawks on steroids defensively. Like they have <laughs> meltdowns in their own end that just they make your brain melt. And that can go like obviously everyone's gonna point fingers to the Justin Schultz overtime debacle. There's the Brendan Dillon one too, but it's so just simple stuff. Like they can't even get the puck out of their own end half the time. I'll see them, they'll have a clear like four on four breakout, probably, right? Mm-hmm. And they will flub a pass so hard that they have to come back and go behind their net to regroup. And it takes like a minute for them to get out of their own end. And how many and times have you seen that with the Blackhawks where they just couldn't break so out? They have to regroup, regroup, so toss it back times. to Murphy and DeHaan and Murphy play catch for 30 seconds. Yep. And then all you do, and then all of a sudden someone tries to just no look one up the boards and it turns over and that's how they score. Look yeah. at the Boston game. That's how Taylor Hall scored. That's how... Um, the first, the, like the first Boston goal of the whole series, when I think one of the Bergeron goals in Game Two was like that, like oh, the Marshawn so goal in Game Two is yes, in that in that department. Yeah, it's just the it, if the Caps keep this defensive strategy up with the way their top six is cold, it's going to be a problem, and Boston's going to close them out fast because. Tukaras doesn't look like he's slowing down. Brad Marchand is in his bag right now in the playoffs. He's showing Nazem Kadri and Tom Wilson how to you can play on an edge and still be a performer. Because exactly. this guy is just taking it to a whole other level this postseason already. And yeah. he is putting the team on his back right now. Kind of how Put he has on his back though. Put the team on his back though. Yeah. And uh, like, we talked about it. Yet. Like he's no, kind he, of a ghost. There's a great tweet I saw last night where someone said just Fucking tell Pasternak he's playing the Leafs or something. <laughs> Seriously, just tell him he's playing Frederick Anderson, and he'll just go off. But mm-hmm. like, uh, great. Just uh, this year, I have found out how fun of a personality Pasternak has. I have to, have to say, I appreciate that because I, I've always loved this game ever since he entered the league. He's just as great off the ice. Anybody who's wearing pink glasses and gets and says to the reporters, "Hey guys, you, you may be Miss Barbie Girl. Come on." Mm-hmm. That's that's a that's a beauty in my book. Like honestly, because like people try to say like the NHL doesn't have marketable players. David Pasternak is right there. Like Dude, you can always... market the shit out of him, and He's people so love him. Funny. Like I still remember the Dunkin' Donuts commercials from the last few years. Those are all funny. Like the <laughs> ones where he's like sitting in the box and stuff. Like yeah. Oh and my he's God. like he's this perfect kind of just like he just so like he just seems so calm and just like I don't know what the word would be. He's just, he's just mellow. He's just yeah. like, just, um, what is it? Uh, what is, uh, aloof. He's aloof. <laughs> but, um, he's a himbo. Like, do you remember like, a few years ago? Like some guy was like, Oh, I just hit David Pasternak's Ferrari. And his dad was like, you're joking. He's like, no, I'm not kidding. And like Pasternak took a selfie with the kid that just hit his car. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? This is so crazy. That, that's awesome. That's what somebody with like, a few million dollars to do it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Um, and maybe I'm getting old, but I love the, I love the uh the hockey bubble game commercial for Dunkin' Donuts with him. It's just, it's cute. I'm like, it's just fun. Like hockey needs more fun commercials like that. Brings me back to the days. Um, well, not that I was following hockey back then, but I, I was around it a bit and looking back at it, I, I love it. it like the, with like, it was it uh Varlamov and Ovi are like uh. Russian spies. Well, yeah, the FBI commercial. Dude, you, you need like you need to bring back stuff like that. It's um, that's so funny. It's so Dude, funny, and like I, I'm so sure ESPN's gonna go 
all the way with that. Can't I wait. Like, we I say really every like... episode, ESPN, man, it's coming, and it's going to be great. Yeah. Just saving. Yes. Saving us forward, hopefully. Dude, but... Wayne Gretzky and Charles Barkley. <laughs> the same segment. Oh, it's going to be great, dude. It's going to be yeah. so great. And I, I know you... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, no, I, well, since we're still talking about the Bruins a little, I know you brought it up when we filmed it the first time. You were talking about just how good the scoring does. I don't mean to keep saying that. But like, no, it's funny it's just, to me. No, I think it's like, hilarious, man. Well, <laughs> like, we were talking about amazing. their scoring depth and, like, how – you were talking about their scoring depth and just how having guys like Craig Smith and Taylor Hall just makes okay, such a no. difference on this team. Yeah, I'm just going to hit every point with this. The top line, the perfection line. Like, needs no introduction. Perfection oh. line. There you go. Second line, and this is where I give Don Sweeney credit. And like I said, I've given him flack in the past because I thought he just, and a lot of Boston fans said this, and I agreed to an extent, he wasn't taking the risks he needed to with his team. Like I said, trading a first-round pick for Rick Nash. That's the kind of stuff he would do. It doesn't really do much. It, lateral move. <laughs> yeah, again, lateral move, and well, you're honestly lo- you're losing much more in value than you're getting. That's exactly. the biggest issue. And obviously it happens a bit at the deadline, but you can make better moves. We saw it with the Islanders, Palmerian, Zajac. That's a pretty that's a pretty good move. It improves your team. Um, but with the Taylor Hall move, and I had said I think that, you know, I think the Taylor Hall move is almost his least impressive. Not that it's not a great move, but because he kind of had – he had Taylor Hall in the bag. You, you had said it. He wanted to go to New York as well. He wanted to go to New York Islanders or to the Islanders or to Boston. Islanders got Palmarian's Ajax, so he basically was guaranteed Boston. Kevin Adams had his hands tied behind his back, laying on the ground, just sitting next to a phone. Laying next to a phone. Like, he had no choice. He had Mm -hmm. no choice. So Don Sweeney said, uh, give me me Taylor Hall and uh, give me a nice little fourth-line player that's going to do well for us, even though he's not doing much for you. Here's Andrews Bjork and a second-round pick. Have fun. Have a good day. Fuck off. I win. But I think what... (laughs) What I really sadly. Oh no! It totally, totally went that way. And I, and you had said Curtis Lazar is not even doing that bad. From he's been a great fourth liner for him, and Mike Riley's been great on the back end. Like he, that's the one I really like. Like he, underrated. A lot of people were like pulling up stat charts and all that. And you know what? They're right. He had very good underliers on a very, very bad Sanders team. It's only a matter of time he went to a, a team like Boston and started to flourish, and it seems like he's doing that. As you mentioned as well, Brandon Carlo beside him, one of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL. Mike Riley, an incredibly good puck mover and overall offensive defenseman. They complement each other perfectly. It's a just a fantastic second pairing. Yeah. Perfect, perfect role for him on one of the best teams to play on defense for, in my opinion. Yeah. And oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like speaking of systems, I would argue that Don Sweeney, not Don Sweeney, Bruce Cassidy has had the best defensive system since 2018 in the NHL. Like, Boston's been top three in goals against the last like three years, I'm pretty sure. They they just have this shutdown mentality that they bring to every game. And that's kind of why all these games are so close, because they're just such a tight defensive team. Would you put them against uh, above Barry Trotz in terms of defensive system? Yes, and here's why: because they can actually score goals in their in their defensive system. That is, that, you their know defensive yeah. system allows yeah. them to still have puck possession. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the Islanders kind of have to play back to play the way they want to play, and then they have to be very opportunistic on offense. Which I'm not saying the Bruins aren't; yeah. they are. 
But the Bruins no. can also be a team that drops 45 shots on you like they did last year. I think there's a difference between opportunistic and knowing how to capitalize. Opportunistic, I think of is when you're waiting for it. Boston does kind of wait. They are a bit sneaky. They kind of catch you and, you know, they catch you lolling. But they also know, like you said, they know how to pour it on themselves. They don't have to rely on being, uh, on, on being opportunistic. They don't yeah. have to rely on having to capitalize on a mistake. They can make that happen themselves. And if you make a mistake, you're even more screwed. That's what makes them such a damn good team. Because like we said, arguably the best defensive system in the NHL for the last little while. And you have, oh, just you know, one of the best playoff goalies in history in Tuka Rask. Mm-hmm. You've got a pretty good team there. I'm surprised they haven't been winning these games more handily. I think Washington is hanging on by the skin of their teeth at this point. Well, the thing is, like, Washington could so easily be up 3-0 in this series right now. Oh, people yeah. people forget that because they were up 3-2 late in that game, game two. It just had a meltdown on their own end to tie yeah. the game. They were up 2-1 yeah. in the third last night, and they took a penalty, and Martian bats the puck out of midair with, like, eight minutes left, and the game's tied. And then mm-hmm. they, had, they had a meltdown first shift. In overtime game two, who knows if they just like, you know, clear the puck like a normal team. I mean, like, it's tough to say that the Caps are getting their ass kicked, but it is also easy to say the Caps are on the ropes because they could also they could do the same thing they did the last two games and they'll be down three one. I I say they're on the ropes because while the games are tight, like like we were talking about, um Boston's controlling play for the most part, especially in like especially in the overtimes. Game three they definitely were. Yeah, like it, it just it, again. It, yeah, the scores are close, but the play overall just does not seem to be favoring Washington. Washington looked good game one. I can't say I saw much of game two, but from all accounts, it seemed that Boston was having the upper hand. And then game three was just Boston. That was Boston's game. Yeah, I think the Caps are like even though the Caps were leading late, I think that they're lucky they got out of that. I almost said with a point. Hmm. I was gonna say they're lucky that they. They lost in that fashion. Yeah, and I know we – and the thing with the Caps is, like, if they lose another series like this, I mean, we brought oh. it up. We brought it up last time, and I, I know he had that little outbreak that he had with Sam Sonoff after the game where he's just, like, yelling at him in Russian and a bunch of stuff, which I feel and like you, people – you Like I me. said, I feel like people are taking this a bit out of proportion. Those guys yeah. are friends off the ice. They're just yeah. really pissed at each other. Like, I know I've said some pretty heinous mouth, shit to my but... friends and I'm mad, and I know what my friends have said some pretty heinous shit to me, and we just apologize after. The yeah. problem is everyone's going to blow it out of proportion because there's a camera with millions of people watching you. That's yeah. just the way it is. But yeah. I just so feel I, like... I do want to say, I do want to say, like, when you told me this, you kind of educated me on this because it did leave a sour taste in my mouth with what I saw with Ovechkin. You made a very good point, though. He and Samsonov specifically are very close. They're, mm-hmm. like, they're, they're two, of the, the, two of the only four Russians in the team. They're very close. Yeah, what he said was dumb. It was harsh. It was definitely over the top, but I don't think it's anything. It, it shouldn't, it probably won't be anything yeah. for them. It's just a stupid thing to do. You know, it happens a bit. Again, like, I, I, don't, I don't think someone like Jonathan Taves is going to say something like that, but you know what? It's somebody who he clearly is closer to, so he probably knows his limits more than anybody else. I'm not going to comment neck like I do. Like, I know that. I don't. We don't know that locker room either. Like from what all yeah. been, everything I heard, that locker room's really close, and yeah, it's a different yeah. style of leadership. That's just the way it is. Like not yeah. everyone leads like Taves. Everyone's a different style of leader. We talk about. I think we, I think we talked yeah. about that a couple podcasts ago. Just yeah. everyone's got a different way of leading, and yeah, obviously Ovechkin's a bit more of a vocal leader, and that is <laughs> a much harsher one. That's whatever, man. If it works, but like 
dude, if they lose another first round series where they just it looks like there's no future with this team and they're just going to be mundane. I don't know, man. Like Ovechkin might test free agency this offseason. He might go explore what he could make in maybe like a California or like a you might go to a tax free state, try to go get some more money. You never know, honestly. Nashville, like, Nashville Predator Alex we'll Ovechkin, get out of here. Um Yeah, the more we talk about this, the more I lean towards saying that he's going to leave because the only year where they haven't put up an absolute choke show was when they won the cup. Yeah, there was one time, and yeah, he won the cup, but if you're, why are you going to sign somewhere where there was one out of 12 years you were, like, probably depressed as shit because your team was embarrassed again, and it wasn't your fault again? I was about to say, you have to add that, because literally every single year, this dude shows up in the playoffs, and no one else on his team does. Yeah. That that eats on a player. You know that eats on a player after yeah. years. It ate on Tavares. Look at him. He Look backpacked he that team for years, and he was like, all right, I'm fucking sick of this shit. I'll go be the number two or three guy on this team, and we'll go win. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, it would I, not I, even... I still don't blame Tavares. I was a Leafs fan. Because, like, you know what, man? You have the right to do it. Uh, the only issue I definitely would understand is the uh, way he negotiated, but end of the day, he has all the right to leave, and who could blame him? That team was going nowhere. And, and let's be honest, the Caps aren't really going to go anywhere either. They no, have two not. more years, no, maybe, not. in a window. They're the oldest team in the league. They, they don't have, have a one window. of the weakest prospect pools in the league. Dude, they are... In so, if, once Ovechkin leaves, that team is screwed. Dude, that, I don't that, think... That future could be as soon as this offseason. I don't think that team even has a window right now. I think they're lucky to be where they are. I think they're being carried by their top six, and that is it. Playoff window, sure. Like I, it's not to knock on what you're saying, but man, I just, I just can't see a window there. That team is so it has so many holes, and I'm so Peter Laviolette, not a guy I want coaching my team in 2021. Not a, not a guy I want coaching my team. So I, it, I can't imagine where Ovechkin would sign. I've never even given thought to that. But I have a feeling it may be somewhere else. And like I said to you, if Alex Ovechkin is the player where if you're if number eight's retired in your franchise, don't don't worry about it. He's wearing number eight. We all know that's how good he is. So yeah, if it's not the Capitals, teams will be throwing money at this guy, throwing money at this guy. Bet you he ends up in a big market. If he ended up in New York, I will, like, oh, my God. Dude, I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, if Alex Ovechkin was a free agent, it would be the biggest thing to happen in the NHL. Since the Gretzky trade. Yeah, I was about to say arguably since that. That'd probably be the last time. I feel like that's the only mark you can put, because that's the only other time where it was just like, you know, out of this world kind of move. No, there's no one. I don't want to hear it from anyone else about, oh, well, this superstar, this superstar. No one's Alex Ovechkin. No one has that hit factor like Ovechkin. It has ever hit the open market. 100%. That's like NBA-level news. That's going to be mainstream news about it. It's like you ask anyone who doesn't know the NHL or knows a little bit about it, you ask them to name five players. Ovechkin's probably going to be one of them. Yeah, Kane Ovechkin, Crosby, McDavid, maybe Matthews. Yeah, maybe Matthews, maybe Stamkos. I know a lot of people named Stamkos because he had 60 goals back in the day. Yeah, Yeah, in Chicago, I'll tell you. Dude. Not as much there, sadly, but you definitely get Kane, Matthews, Crosby, Ovechkin, McDavid. Those five, yeah. one or two of them come up at least. It's just like, 
Dude. Dude, it's like if LeBron stayed in it's like if LeBron stayed in Cleveland Forever. until now. Yeah, and then now he's leaving for the Lakers because when LeBron leaves, it's like, oh, okay, we're doing this again. If Ovechkin leaves, it is, holy shit, he's actually doing it. Nobody if Ovechkin leaves, leaves, he's ring chasing. There's not a doubt in my mind. No, he's ring chasing and he's gold chasing. Even money. The dude's no. made over $100 million in his career. That's, he's set for life. That's the best part. He's, not, he's probably not going to demand what he deserves. Dude, he can go sign for the apps for five mil and just say fuck it. He could sign up the I bet he'd sign up the apps for five hundred and fifty k and not give a shit. Nah, he wouldn't go that low. Oh, I'm, I'm being money, but being hyperbole there, I know, but I know, uh, it's a little hyperbole. But, but, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's, it's I wouldn't put it past Ovechkin. He's he's Ovechkin. I wouldn't put anything past the guy. It's, it's just such an interesting thing to think about, and you got to think about like what this team is doing to him mentally, like. Losing in the playoffs again like this is not gonna feel good. It's not. It's not gonna feel good. And like I said, if they lowball him, it's just a lot of questions are gonna come up. I just want to put a thought in your head because you sort of tapped into it. Alex Ovechkin, Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> Ovechkin? No, because this would be hilarious. Because this is how it works. How it work? Because you know this is how it work. Every the news would break, right? Oh, the Abs aren't resigning Gabe Landeskog, and everyone's like, oh. <gasps> Why aren't they re-signing Gabe Landeskog? This makes no sense. Why aren't they re-signing their captain? Ovechkin, three-year deal. Nathan McKinnon, new captain. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I already see it. It works. It works perfectly. You know the math checks out. That's it. We're doing it. This is it. That's Alex our prediction. It's going to be in half, dude. <laughs> yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> dude, he's going to score more than he did. Think about this. Think about this. And people don't give people don't give this part of the game enough credit in terms of offense. Uh, people who like, you know, like people who really watch the game a lot and I, I sound like a gatekeeper but it just is a fact if you, you know you yeah. follow the game you're gonna notice this <laughs> yeah I, oh you know me biggest gatekeeper in the world um <laughs> but uh the big something people i don't think give enough credit to is that when you, you when your defense is bad the team's going to score less like it's not just oh get you know get like you don't just get forwards to score when you have, have guys like sam gerard kale mccarr connor timmons coming up Bowen Byram's the last one I mentioned. When your defense is that good at moving the puck, you get the puck up the ice, you score more. If Ovechkin goes to the Avs, he's scoring 60. I'm sorry, he's scoring 60. If he's healthy, 60. If he's healthy, he's getting 60 with a team like the Avalanche. Easily, easily. The options you have if Ovechkin becomes a free agent. I could see a situation on literally 25 teams where he improves them and makes them either a playoff team or a contender. Easily. Out the gate. They'd, they'd make the Hawks a fucking contender. Oh, at least I, in our division. I thought about the Hawks. Like, he um, never made the Hawks, but I'm literally saying you would have two 50-goal scorers on your team. And yeah. then you'd have Kane setting the puck up. Oh, and that, that guy, Patrick Kane. Kubelik would be an afterthought. Like, ha! All right. All right. Just Kubelik is never, never even Kirby looking Johnson at the number eight again. <laughs> Kubelik can wear number zero for all I care. Well, where, well, coming to town. 80 or some shit. I don't know. Some, oh, 80's, 80's a swag number. Oh, man. I feel bad for him because he's like, I wanted to wear 18 with Dennis Savard. I wanted to wear 81, but I can never be Hosa. And fucking just wear 8. <laughs> just wear number 1. Oh, wait, Glenn Hall. Never mind. Gosh. Need Maybe a forward wearing number 2. Oh, my God. Be, um... I don't even know. Number yeah. 11. Oh, actually, I like that. I like that. Needs to be an offensive number. Be like ninety six. Fuck it. No, no, no. Adam, give Adam God that ninety six, and then give him eleven. 
Look staying at a with the Hawks. Problem. I don't know that's not staying with the Hawks, buddy. You oh, he's that. not. He's not. That sucks. Yeah, I actually like him. He's not staying with the team. <sighs> I hope they at least sign and flip because, dude, that's a decent piece. It's a decent I piece. Lesson. Like, just actually qualify your RFAs. Yeah, Anthony Duclair's a decent hockey player. I was like, let's not have another Duclair situation, all right? Please. No, I'm sorry, but, like, and this sounds a bit hyperbolic again, but um, I am going to judge if he signs Vinny Hinnestroza or not. He, that's – you got to do that. you got to re-sign Hinnestroza. In the, in the tail end of the year. He showed that they should be using an entry system because it's it's so funny. Carlton – I love where we get to the Blackhawks on this, but you know what? It's – it's, it's true shit. Carlton has done this dump and chase system that makes no sense. Somehow Kane is still one of the best entry players in the league. That just shows how good he is. The Hawks are still one of the top rush chance teams in the league. That tells you how good Kane and really? it are entering the zone. Yeah, that's like, definitely a lot that comes from that, like, no zone, doubt. Like rush chances or whatever, the Hawks are always at the top. And obviously that it, it shows, you know, we talked about opportunistic. Okay. Unfortunately, that team is a bit more opportunistic than good at capitalizing on mistakes. Unfortunately, and obviously not very good at uh, containing offense or a good one at that. But um, what I love from Hinnestroza, and I can't stop talking about it, I can't stop thinking about it whenever like, I just, whenever I think about the Hawks and the system, d- being on this dump and chase team, Hinnestroza just, he basically just said, fuck it. And went, you know what? I'm just going to be good and enter the zone every time because I'm a good en- zone entry player and I'm, I'm good at this. I'm going to do this. And he continued to do it, and it continued to make chances. Everyone's like, well, Hinnestroza changed the offense. Oh, my goodness. Like, what a great player. Yeah, a great player, but he's showing exactly what this team can and should do. This team is made to be an offensive it, – it's made to be an like offensive dynamo, not this dump-and-chase gritty, you know, battle-in-the-corners team. Yeah, heavier corner battles, obviously, but you shouldn't be running into them. You should not be trying to make that happen. Your team is not made for that. It's a thing of not having your top two centers at the end of the day, but like I agree with re-signing Henestrosa, and I I just say just for this reason. Obviously, we have a log jam at forward, but like I know everyone's penciling. No, the the thing is, like some of the guys that people say are locks in the lineup, I'm like, guys, I don't know about that. Like people saying, people are already saying Lucas Reichel is going to make the team next year. Guys, Lucas oh, Reichel is oh. going to get AHL conditioning. Like, and get he, that through he, your he head. should get it. And he you don't want focus I would rather have a guy like Henestrosa in the lineup, and that means a guy like Reichel can get top-line minutes in the AHL. And, like, he, he and Barrett can go get top minutes there. Yeah. Don't, you don't need those guys up right now. We're rebuilding. Like, do what the Kings are doing. What the Kings are doing is exactly how you should be doing this. Your, your kids don't come up when they're, like, 19 – let him play a year in the AHL. Obviously, it was different with Doc. We had our kind of hands tied with that, or else he had to go back to junior. But yeah, dude, I I don't see a world where we need to rush these like twenty year olds into the league. Like we have pieces, we can go get pieces. We don't need to rush these kids immediately. Exactly. Like Kershaw was good, but clearly he hit a rookie wall. So we don't need to push him. In. We play fourth line minutes next year, and that's okay. Like yeah. you can play bottom six minutes, that's not a problem because you can yeah. have guys like shows. You can have guy. You can have guys that can just replace. And I like him as a third liner a lot next season, especially you know, like after having a full year of experience, he'll be in a more relaxed season. Um, and that goes for obviously a lot of the rookies, um, even the ones that succeeded. You know, you're gonna have a much easier season to play. Um, I still, and yeah, I know I'm just very high on him. I really think he is going to flourish 
in a third line role next year. Mm-hmm. But I think you're also going to see that from guys like Brandon Hagel. I think you're going to see it from a guy like White. Hagel's in the top six next year. Better be. I firmly, I firmly believe your top six next year is Hagel, Taves, Kubelik, Debrinket, <sighs> Doc Kane, if they're healthy. That's your yeah. top six. And the Inner bottom six is the question. You want, but that's those are the six. Yeah. And if Hagel's and, a third liner, that's honestly even better. Yeah. So yeah. It, it just you gives think. more depth. So, I think you're I forgetting uh, Brandon Sadden, who's going to be resigned in the offseason. But uh, for, besides oh, that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> dude, he, I, there's a good chance, though. Let's be honest. There's actually a good chance. I mean, if he doesn't want six mil, yeah, it's definitely a good chance. That's the only thing, which I think he'll so it's not want. Getting seven. He's so, not getting seven. It's not no, good. he might even get five. I'm just saying. Like, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve six, but I think that a lot of teams have soured on him a little bit the last few years. I think everyone it's expected him to be checked too. It's the point production. He's still great two-way. It's just he's not putting up 50 yeah. points a season anymore, and that's fine. I want him on this team again, man. I want him on this team again. I, I just need I was I said to uh, uh, our friend Q, I was talking to him. I said, I want him back, but it kind of feels like getting back with my wife after two divorces. It is. <laughs> time for charm. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Even though the first time you guys won two cups together. <laughs> All right. I think it's – it really is backwards. But you know what, man? Yeah. If they really do uh, – you know, if they, not to get too much into it because it's a bit of a silly idea. I think obviously I'm more – I'm definitely more hoping for it than thinking it's going to happen. But it would be nice if you could afford it. I don't think you can because of the rookie contracts coming up. Um, yeah, if you could afford that, he's still a great piece to have in a contending team. Uh, seeing that right now with a certain contending team, shockingly. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So no, I with, with Hawks rookies, I feel like I I I completely agree with you. I feel like they should just kind of leave things where they are. Um, maybe a Mackenzie Entwistle breaks your roster. Uh, I do think like, Entwistle's on this team next year. Him or Hardman, one of the two. <sighs> one of them. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Hardman is not good analytically. At the moment, Hardman is like like I don't care what people say. I've I've turned my like eyes on this. For tight players on the line, if you want to win in this league, you can't yeah. have these high skill fourth liners. You need guys like Carpenter, like a Hardman, like a Camp that are gonna fucking do those hard assignments and go get those pucks in the corners and. If you can get a fourth it line center, it brings something new to the team. It brings a different edge to the team. That's why, like, I bring it up as a pipe dream. But like, dude, if they can get like a Matthew Kachuk or something, it would just reinvigorate this team. They need someone like that. They don't have that right now, and that's why they get pushed around all the time. Yeah, we were they having our uh, set the edge, and they they don't really have that right now. They don't have their our, uh, they don't have their Bickle, they don't have their Shaw, they don't yes. have Seabrook. And Shaw couldn't be Shaw when he was playing, and he, exactly. he shouldn't have been. Yeah, and. We were having our uh, very important Rocket League games uh, the other day, and um, we were talking about that. How apparently Kyle Grease have been uh, they've soured a little bit on Matthew Kachuk, and I don't highly doubt he comes to the Hawks. I'd only want it personally if he gets his act together. He's another example of a guy like Kadri, just a dirty shitbag at the moment. But that's well, obviously a whole thing. Dirty more or less than he's just like Marshan level of a Slimy, shit. slimy. He doesn't literally he doesn't cheap shot as much as people think he does. He just does little shit to piss people off all the time. That's and then he turtles, which pisses people off. That that is probably the most annoying part of it, my opinion. 
Um, he knows but, his worth on that team. He knows he shouldn't be in the box. He just needs to get the other dude in the box. Yeah, he's smart. He, he needs to be more yeah, like his brother. His brother's been smarter about that. He knows how yeah. to. He knows his line. He knows his line, and he, he doesn't turtle. And he knows what he needs to do. Brady Chuchuk does not turtle. Does not turtle, and I love that about him. I would love Brady Kachuk on the Hawks, man. Oh my God! The reason he went fourth that year, like I would not take him over Boakvist. Boakvist, I think, is much more valuable. Oh, I would have, no, I would have taken Kachuk over Boakvist. No really? questions Sorry. I, I won't judge you on that. I mean, he's a hell of a you player. You can't buy a player on the market like Kachuk. You can buy a Boakvist. Fair enough. Like, uh, just saying. Oh I'd no! I, I, a guy I, like Kachuk, and then go buy a Tyson Berry or some shit. You know what I mean? Fair. I don't think. Well, for me, I just don't think Bokvist is a Tyson Berry type. I think. He, I, I think he'll like, be better. Yeah. Defenseman. I'm just thinking like that route. Yeah. No, I get you. I get you. Hope Bokvist is more than that, but he very he he. Bokvist's problem or his situation is he can be Eric Carlson, he can be Tyson Berry, and we don't know yet. Or he can be Eric Gustafson. No, he'll never be that. Actually, <laughs> yeah, could... no, he can't be. His decision making's not nearly that bad. No, he's actually he's he's got he so much more part of this league, so much better this uh, this season in this league. What am I talking about? Uh-huh. Um, but I, uh, I re- yeah, I we start on Hardman. I really, I really do like Hardman. Like I was gonna say, his analytics are not pretty, but man, like just he brings something to this team that they don't have. And you know what? If Entwistle can get his defensive game anywhere close to what David Kampf has, and he can still be as talented offensively as he is. Ryan Carpenter on your right, Mackenzie Entwistle in the middle, my, uh, Mike Harbin on left. I love that line. Bashbro's line. I think, love it. yeah, you, you, there's there's options, definitely. Dude, I think Barrett at center at some point, dude. Hell Barrett's yeah. not going to start immediately, but later Oh, in not the year, this like, year, but... Dude, later, in, later next season, like late next season, give me Evan Barrett fourth-line center. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh, that kid's going to be so fun to watch. By the way, I know we talked about Colorado already, but Philip Grubauer just roasted the shit out of Jordan Bennington. <laughs> oh, I'm so all at the, here at for the it. Avs media availability, he goes, if he feels the need to come down, so be it. If that's his game, fine. I, I worry about my pucks and winning the next one. And then the post under it says, Jordan Bennington since winning the Stanley Cup in 2019. Record 0-7. Goals against 4.36. Save percentage 8.874. Shutouts 0. Just stunning stats across the board from our boy Jordan Bennington down to St. Louis. What an absolute waste of space. (laughs) Only Schmitty can see this. But I am grinning ear to ear. Jesus, like, smiling. He's like, I love, I love, <laughs> I love good sports drama, and I love when it happens to Jordan Binnington. That shithead deserves everything coming to him. And I cannot amazing. stand it. He wants to fight, and then he just like I, I think I told you a bunch of times. Like if Crawford was fucking in his prime still, he would have dropped the mitts of this oh, idiot two years ago and put him in his place. Crawford wouldn't even have to have, have to worry about concussions because not one fist is hitting him. No, he's just gonna freaking suplex this idiot. Like, what's <laughs> the bomb? In 2016. Oh, dude, I want, I want, twenty like twenty thirteen fourteen Crawford. Yep. Go up to quick shaking the gloves. That was one of the 
One of the hardest things. moments I've ever seen a goalie have. That sh- yeah, that shit was metal. Dude, that was great. Down three two against the Kings, and like we're down one, and Crawford's ready to fucking drop the gloves with quick. I know, <laughs> so good. Like, oh my god, it was so good. I I needed that fight so bad. I'm still disappointed I didn't get it. He would have dropped his shit. Crawford would drop so many goalies, and I, dude, wasn't it him and Fabry fought? Or no, something? that's what I'm talking about. 2016, like yes! Fabry was crazy. Yes. Going to the boards, and I'm just start beating the crap out of you. So and then good. Jake, and then so I, good. I don't, I don't know. If it was Jake Allen. I was Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott starts shaking his gloves, and Crawford's like, "I'll kick your ass too. I don't care." <laughs> oh, but um, yeah, I guess we should probably get back to the playoffs because <laughs> we went on a nice little Blackhawks tangent there for a good 20 minutes. As we should. You see the colors on our well, podcast. You know things what it is. that make Blackhawk fans happen. So we could talk about just Nashville. Living up to every expectation I think every fan had. Carolina wins again last night. Alex Nendelkovich, his first career NHL shutout, got his first career NHL win on uh, Monday night, I believe. And he has just been out of this world good for the Carolina Hurricanes. And I'm so, so glad that Rod Brindamore decided to stick with his guns and start the guy who's been their best goalie this year. Cause I'm going to be honest. I know I told you Jimmy a bunch. I really, really, really thought Morazic was going to start. Jimmy's just like in his bag right now, dancing. You guys can't see him. He's just like so happy. Milkovich is doing well. But, I'm so happy. That, like, it's, it's a perfect, I should say, Oh, pun intended. It is a perfect storm here in Carolina. <laughs> Morazic didn't start. Delkovich started as he should. He has shown that he is the goaltender of the future. And he's the goaltender now, too. And Sebastian Ajo is picking up right where he left off in the in yes, the regular dude. season. Dude, he made um, an empty netter look sick. Oh yeah, dude. And then <laughs> and, they, and then um Fogel got one more because playoff performer Warren Fogel. Hello. Always. Everyone's got their Brian Bickle. He's their Brian Bickle. He is their Brian Bickle, hundred percent, except they got him on a good contract. But um <laughs> yeah. I didn't like no harm, no bad part to Brian Bickle. I love. Oh him. no, that's just it happens. It's just tough. It's just tough. But yeah. um, dude, just even more impressive in game two because they were without Jacob Slavin and that they, was the big one. I mean, you and I were looking at the stats. Brett Pesci and Brady Shea each played over twenty-seven minutes last night, and that's insane. And they were they were a good twenty-seven minutes, and they too. were good. And they were they good. Had, yeah, they were good. They were good. And Nashville. Yeah was just in a box offensively the whole game. Like, mm-hmm. man. Eric Holla continues to be booed for no reason. <laughs> Poor guy. Like, what did he do to hurt Carolina? He tried to help him win a cup a few years ago. Like, jeez. He was there for, like, two seconds, and then they moved him. And then I, it's so funny because it reminds me, I think that this is why Fred Sands are doing this. But they said, we're going to pick uh, a predator, or a Hurricanes player, we're just gonna boo him, and they picked Stephen Lorenz. So now all of yeah, Fred's Twitter just so. hates Stephen Lorenz for no reason. He's just the most like Joe Smith guy. He's just it's there. He's, he's the Buzz Fleming. He is. He's the Mark Dong. He's, Buzz he's the Tanner Janelle of that team. Yeah, it's oh, it's hilarious to me. They just they, there's just one player in each team that almost mean nothing. Although to be fair, actually, both had good games in game one. I mean, I mean yeah, no. I'm knocking them for, for they all play well. It's just there's always that one player where you're like, wait, that's a player, and they're actually good. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always that a nice surprise for me a couple of years ago. But um, 
who really needs to go to a different team because Matthew Joseph, put him in a middle six role on a different team, I feel like he's going to flourish. I think he's just buried on a good Tampa team. I mean, we saw what happened to Carter Verhage when he left, and he was a fourth liner. Dude, in Jonathan Marshall, so come on. Dude, like, okay, I'm sorry. I saw Carter Verhage get a hat trick a year ago, like against Vancouver when they won like 9-2. Well, I was at that game. I, I remember and I was like, Carter, Ver- like, I remember, I remember hearing him because like, obviously we're Dangle fans. So I remember that fucking, it wasn't a trade tree, but whatever trade, the Grabner trade. I know he's a part of that Interesting. way back in the day, but this dude was like sniping pucks on Demko and I'm sitting there like, or I think it was Markstrom actually. And I'm sitting, and I'm sitting there like, okay, yes. why is this guy getting like 12 minutes a night again? And then they stick him with Barkoff and he probably would be a. 25 goal scorer or 30 goal scorer. This is a full oh, season. Like, I, I really think Thurry, the way he was playing, man. He's literally got the Marshall Show 2.0. Think yeah. about it. Oh, like, oh, for, oh, dude, right away. I'm like, oh, this is just the same thing over again. Literally. Like, again. Tampa prospect leaves, goes to Florida, just becomes a scoring machine, future Vegas Golden Knight, or Seattle Kraken. <laughs> oh, my God. If he goes Marshall to Seattle. Top line Seattle Kraken. If he goes to Seattle, which highly doubt with Bill Zito, but it's the Panthers, then just delete the franchise. You just don't know who you can protect. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> oh man, got, a, got those yeah. That is very true. Also, I do need to say, um, when the Seattle Kraken are good because their GM does well handling the trades before the expansion draft, yeah. don't get mad when they're good because their GM is doing well. Don't get mad because. Like, and I'm mad because your team got fleeced by them. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I don't know that Seattle's going to be good, but there's a good chance they will be if they have their head in the right place, if they pick good, like, players. Turn the division with, that, that could be easy to be good in. Yeah, if you if they pick the right players and make the right moves the way Vegas did, which, by the way, when that team was completely drafted, everyone counted them out. Nobody thought that was a good team. Everyone thought they were going to be lowest in the league, and then they played well. Hmm? They said, oh, Flurry's there, and they got James Neal. That's it. That's literally all anyone thought. And then they played well, and everyone went, oh, well, the the draft was rigged. Shut up. It was was awful on paper. It's a Mickey Mouse team, like an actual Disney team. Like, I'm sorry, anyone who complained about that draft, just – If they won the cup, they probably would have. Boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. I'm sorry. Like, it's – GM? Is it GMBM? GMBM did a great job with that team, and that is that no, is his... no, it's GM, um, it's GMGP, GM George McPhee. It was George, oh, it was George McPhee. I'm thinking of Brian McClellan. Of Brian McClellan and yeah, Brian McPhee McClellan. was back in. Oh, no, mm-hmm. McPhee was with Washington, right? Oh, Tate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But either way, either way, yeah. either way, he did. He, he made that team. Give him credit. And now if Seattle is the same thing, they tightened the restrictions, I believe. They tightened it. And if they're good, shut up. Shut the fuck up. Who cares? And, it like, happens. if they're not – I think the thing that's going to piss people off more is not if they're good. I think it's if they win the lottery. Every oh. – I remember four years ago I was talking to, like, Columbus and Minnesota fans, and they were like, dude, if Vegas wins the goddamn lottery, this is the most rigged thing I've ever seen in my life. Because those guys didn't get top picks. When they got in the league, they mm-hmm. were given like the sixth, seventh, eighth pick for four years. And they, they were, were they given a draft lottery pick? Seattle's lottery? There was no lottery back then. Or, or, if there was, yeah. they didn't win ever. So. No, you know, yeah. No, you're right. Because like, they, they, they won once. That. They got, like, that was the one time the wildest. But like, I, Columbus has never, Columbus won the lottery once. And it was, or twice. No, they won it twice because they got Rick Nash the one time. Okay. Yeah. They yeah. didn't get it year one. 
You know what I mean? Like, dude, if Seattle, like, obviously, if Seattle wins this year, everyone's going to be like, well, of course they win this year because there's not a consensus number one. But, like, uh, uh, dude, I'm telling you, like, don't be surprised if Seattle's not total shit. And if they are total shit, then, well, there you go. It's good. Good. Good for the league, bro. The the league's getting bigger. Why is this so hard to understand? Also, I just need to say their jerseys are already top five in the league. Just beautiful jerseys, but that's besides the point. My thing is also people were so worried about Vegas having to be good because they didn't know how fans would react to a team in Vegas. You know what I mean? (laughs) Seattle is one of the most dedicated fan bases in the country for the Seahawks. The Mariners, they're not as big, but like, dude, look at them for the Sounders games. Huge. Like, they get mm-hmm. behind their sports teams mm-hmm. deeper than so, so any team in any city in the country. They're, like, Philly-level committed. But you just don't see it because their teams aren't good. Except for the Seahawks. You see it with the Seahawks. But oh, like, oh, yeah. Dude, I'm telling oh, you, yeah. Seattle's even decent out the gate. Everyone's going to be all over this. Because everyone loves, like, minor league hockey's pretty big in Seattle. There's, like, four different teams around right. Seattle, Seattle Thunderbirds, dude. Yeah, Thunderbirds, Everett Silvertips. You're, you got, right, you're right by – You got um, – You're right by Vancouver. You're right by yeah. Vancouver. Like, like, Giants are right up north. Canucks are two hours away. You're near Portland with the Winter Hawks. Like, there's a lot of hockey up in the northwest. It was a it was a fantastic decision to put them there. Yep, 100%. Some team will get moved there eventually. Oh, and if they don't, Houston's next. So. Quebec, you said? Yeah, Quebec or Houston. I, I I think Houston's the next place that gets a team. I think so, too. I think it should go Houston. Good get market. the Nordiques back. Just get the Nordiques back, dude. Why not? They want it. Give it to them. Uh, so, so, so. Um, Moving on to the games tonight. Uh, We're looking at... Let me just get there really quick. Oh, okay. I know how we can start this one. We got a... This one. We got a nice little case of um people forgetting how good Nikita Kucherov is in Tampa Bay because yeah I know both of you guys picked Florida and it was the smart pick at the time because analytically and everything they they are the better team in terms of possession yeah. and what but the Lightning have that voodoo like the Hawks did in that late cup those late cup runs where they don't need a lot they will make you pay and yep. I'm telling you that Sam Bennett hit in Game One just changed this series entirely. Because Florida had that, Florida had the game under control in Game One. They they were probably going to close that thing out four three. They didn't take a penalty. When did that Bennett hit happen? Eight minutes left in the third, and then he took it. Kucherov slap passes at the point, not even twenty seconds into the, and then point gets a breakaway to win it. And it's not the same after that. And then Drieger comes in, and you have the one goal that goes off Strollman's skate. Super unfortunate because it was. Basically, they were trying to overpass on Drieger. And then you have their best defenseman all year, Mackenzie Wieger, just get absolutely taken to school by Braden Point on Which, the second game. That happens. Fortunately, that That's happens. Oh, man. Very good hockey. Inch lower. If that puck is an inch lower, that is a highlight real goal. Yep. The, way, the fact that he got that shot off from where he did, too, is incredible. Um, He's incredible. <laughs> best player on the uh, Lightning, not named Andre uh, Vasilevsky, in my opinion. Yep. But oh, well, yeah, him or Hedman, but yeah, 100%. It's just, <laughs> you just see the difference that Kucherov makes on this team. It's not even Stamkos, dude, because people, No, Stamkos is yeah, good, but Kucherov is different right now. The, the, the line that carried them to the cup last year was Palat, Point, Kucherov. They won they the cup without Stamkos. All year. All year. Yeah, they, Stamkos played a game. Not even. Put his period. Yeah, that was, period. That was Kucherov's team. 
in Padme. Although that was that was one of the most metal single periods ever. Oh yeah, dude, it was nuts. So, so sick. Um, but yeah, like I completely agree. It Stamkos. Stamkos, you know, being the captain, he does bring a presence to there, and obviously on the ice he brings his play. But I, I, I just think that everything Kucherov brings on the ice, how dynamic he is, what an offensive Never dynamo he is, just completely like, and no offense to Stamkos, obviously, blows all of that out of the water. What, and you got, and you have both of them back. Yep, you have both same of line. them back. Literally, the Lightning's power play is goofy because you watch. <sighs> Like, I'm, I'm telling you, if you watch the game tonight, watch the penalty killers on Florida when Hedman's got the point up high. They have no idea what to do. Because all Hedman has to do is just swipe it to the left. Stamkos is going to crank a one-timer. Swipe it to the right. Kucherov either cranks a one-timer. Or he sets up point in the middle. Or he sets up Kalorn down low, who sets up Stamkos on the other side. Their power play is actually a cheat code. Like, you think Edmonton's power play is good? No. Tampa fully no, healthy is not, not even close. It's not even close. Anyone close. that played Tampa. You can ask anyone that played Tampa in the playoffs the last five years. Like, ask the Capitals and they beat them. Everyone will tell you, keep them out of the box or keep them out of the power play. It's a winnable series. But if you're taking penalties left, right, and center, you are not beating the Tampa which, Bay Lightning. Which Florida was doing. Yep. They and were then doing game, game two, one. And then Dude. game two, they were worse. Well, I don't know if they were worse. I don't know the stats on that completely. But they let up more goals five on five. They like weren't gener- they were down two nothing early and they yeah. just never got out of the hole. And also yeah. another thing you're seeing the Tampa Bay White Lightning are winning the mental battle this series. Like it That's, is No, it, like you 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 nailed it and here's the thing. I was I believe door dashing or I was somewhere driving or picking something up in the store and I missed I I missed Huberto going uh Jesus mode and I come back and they're winning or no, they t- I came back after Point had tied it. I didn't know the Sam Bennett hit was that late. I didn't know that was what, like, that's when it was. That makes complete sense to me now. Like, now it makes complete sense why they broke down like this. Yep. Oh, and obviously, like, we talked about it at the beginning, not having Aaron Eckblad just makes, it, it's a completely different series. If they have Eckblad, this oh, yeah. is not the same series, but. If they have Eckblad, I think it's honestly, like, I think it's 1-1 at least. At least. They could be winning the series. Yeah. It's just like if, it surprises no. me too because Florida's got some guys that can kind of play that game back on Tampa. Like obviously, what um, fucking what's his name? Um, fucking Patrick Hornquist has been a nuisance to the whole league for the last decade. I'm surprised he's not getting in like Patrick Maroon's grill or Blake Coleman's grill. Oh, by the like, way, by the way, fuck Patrick Maroon. <laughs> Dude, I, I like Patrick Maroon in general, but you saw that, right? Yeah, I saw it, and that's what I'm saying. They're losing the mental battle. They're they letting are. shit like that get in their head. Not that this is some like okay, this is one thing that just this is like not even Florida's fault, referee's fault. Ryan McDonough, Captain Falcon punching Ryan McDonough, or not Ryan McDonough, uh, whoever it was. Lomberg was getting tossed around that game. I was gonna say, is it really Lombard's him again? The only one that looks like he gives a shit out there half the yeah. time. Like, Ryan McDonough, the though, stars are different. They gotta like not like show emotion but like dude none yeah. of these bottom sixers look like they give a shit like what the fuck is nolachari doing this series oh yeah dude he's like, i've seen a couple of mason, shifts where he makes, a, makes an impact but... what is mason marchment doing like that's fair yeah. what what are your bottom six guys doing this series i don't I mean, understand at least, but at least he's scoring you got to give him that though at least someone's scoring goals he's po- i guess but they, they need trust me this tonight they need just the 
Alex Barkoff needs to prove that he is at Jonathan Taves' level. Because that's what everyone has been asking going into the series. Because everyone everyone like everyone would say, like, oh yeah, they have comparables to the Hawks. Huberto's their cane. Blah, 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 then blah. Do it. Then do it. Then do it. Then prove mm-hmm. it. This is Alex Barkov's time to prove that he is a number one center in this league and that he is he was the most underrated player for the last four years and that he is that good two-way and that he should be in the Selkie conversation every year. Prove it tonight. Yeah. Prove it tonight and stop them. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah, it, it needs to be the Sasha show tonight. And, and honestly, if I'm Quinville, I'm going nuclear tonight. Put Hubert and Barkov together for, for a period. Do it. Do it. Just do you it. You need to do something to get the – Get the fucking team flowing. Like they need to get the first goal tonight. They need to get the first goal tonight, in my opinion. If Tampa scores oh, early, yeah. this is gonna get ugly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And See, I it think... just doesn't seem like they like after game one, they don't have that adversity anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I don't think he's a game changer, but I do think having Sam Bennett back definitely helps in the ways we're talking about. With bringing yeah. an edge and like people actually giving a shit every shift, yeah. yeah. Just don't yeah. stay out of the box. Two, yeah, two stay in the two games. Yeah, two assists and a goal called that game one, right? Great. But he also took two penalties that led to Tampa power play goals. So, yeah, yeah. kind of cancels out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you don't – you can't really feel good about your game after you sort of cost your team the oh. game. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating. He's been playing so, so well with them, and then that is his first game in the playoffs with them. That's how but it ends. Know- was gonna talk to him too, because like he's had oh. players like that with Shaw and stuff. Yeah. And he, he loves he, he loves Shaw. Yeah. Again, Quinville, Sam Bennett is his son. He <laughs> is his son. Any kids that Quinville has, you're second now. Yeah. Sam Bennett is new kid. All and of his daughters. Yeah, you're behind. Yeah. You're behind the Bennett. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I really I expect Sam Ben to come out guns a blazing and make a difference tonight. I really do. I, I'm more than I think he will. I hope he does. I really, really want to see this series be what it was in Game One again because that was special. Yeah, Game Two is and it's just, just Florida's fine. gonna need that fire, and Tampa's yeah. not gonna have as big of a crowd, which might make a difference. I think that does make a difference. But I think it definitely like, does. I don't know, man. Like, they got to steal one on the road here. Obviously, they have to, but, like... Oh, Tampa stole both? <laughs> got to steal one in Tampa, like, tonight, because you can't go down 3-0. If you go down 3-0, you should just wrap it up and get swept. I'm sorry. Like, oh, yeah. y- even if you win game four, everyone knows you're losing game five at home. So, just, you got to win tonight and then go forward from there. You can't think ahead. You have to... If you're if you're Quinville, you're talking to those boys right now, and you're like, win tonight. That's like remember the, remember the Hawks mentality when they were always down this series. Oh, we're focusing on Game Five and we'll go on from there. You exactly. take it one game at a time and it yeah. works. And you uh you uh kind of have the guy who led all of that, so got a good feeling about that. I said yeah. to you, and you don't have to agree. I don't blame you with how weak Florida has been mentally in their franchise history, but I do I have trust in this team in this situation because Joel Quinville is behind that bench and they have a good enough team to come back. If there's any team I want to see pull off the, you know, the reverse sweep, if there's any team I want to see make history with that, this playoffs, it is Florida. This team needs it. You think I want to see Tampa win? Like, I can't stand listening to people talk about title town here. It's ridiculous. Oh, fuck no. They they talk title town, but only, they only talk about the Bucks. They barely talk about the Lightning. But now, now it's playoff season. They're like, oh, we won the cup last year. Like, get out of my face. Like, oh, yeah. No, they win two championships. I think it's special. 
it's all right. My my cup favorite's just kicking the shit out of Nashville right now, waiting for you. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I I was saying last night, and I I think you'd agree. It's Colorado and then Carolina. Yeah. It, those two. But I so I don't I have Toronto on my top five. I don't Boston, have Toronto on my top five. Vegas fourth, and I put Tampa fifth. Actually, no, I put Tampa ahead of Vegas. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me look at my. Okay, I had. I was, I was being kind of a dick. I put um, Carolina or no, Colorado, Carolina, Vegas, Tampa. I put Tampa times uh, Tampa with referees, and number five. <laughs> number five, I put the Islanders. But I and this isn't even a bias because I've been quite honestly I've been biased against Toronto in every way. Mm-hmm. I might put them fifth. You know what? I can't discredit what they've done this year. They have improved their defensive game. They've been better mentally. You know what? I'm going to put Toronto at fifth in there. Not that we're talking about that really, but fuck it. I want to. But yeah. just it's this playoffs, man. It's been a great playoff so far. Oh, it's yeah. been so good. This is fantastic. This is exactly what you want. And you know what? This is perfect because obviously last year's playoffs were pretty good, but like it was like kind of the show me year for the TV deals and stuff. Now TNT and ESPN gets to see what they get to get their hands on next year. And yeah, they're they do getting it. their hands on one of the most competitive playoffs. The playoffs best effect. thing is that, yeah, exactly. They, they, they impressed them with last playoffs in the bubble with no fans. Why do you think and they then, did those playing series and stuff? This was all just a big stunt to get, those tv right deals so like yeah we all get Batman shit but the dude knows what he's doing like <laughs> oh yeah when it comes to this stuff no question about it he yeah. he knows how to make money he doesn't know how to market the game but you know what he gave it That's to somebody who knows how to i can't complain one bit same dude not at all yeah and and uh yeah the fact that that's what impressed them and now they're seeing this and they're probably just licking their chops Getting to see this style of hockey with these, with a fraction of the fans, we're seeing yeah. crowds in Carolina going Still nuts. Have Canadian fans, going which nuts. Are the rowdiest of them all. And they and they aren't even there yet. Nope. Like they imagine even what Winnipeg yet. would be like game three, or Edmonton <sighs> game one, or Toronto game one even, or Montreal game. <laughs> I'm so mad at, at Canada at for handling COVID the right way. I am, which they won't, but. I am so I'm so pissed that Canada's handling COVID the right way because I want those damn fans. <laughs> I want those fans. I want those fans. That's funny. But you know what? You know what? I, I do have a feeling we see fans by at least in, in, in Canada by at least the conference finals. Well, I'd hope so because they're gonna yeah. have to have an American team show up for half the series. So Yeah, don't don't make me watch Colorado and have fans. Yay! Like <laughs> noise in the background. I'm so so tired of the crowd noise. Get that over with, man. Yeah. Oh my god. I won't lie. It, it's so hard to watch last year's playoffs and like feel the way I do about the playoffs. Yeah. It really it's just, is. It's like eerie, honestly. Yeah. That's a great word for it. Yeah, it really is. Um, and looking at the other games. Well, speaking the- of crowds, we're we're going into. a a group that had a pretty solid crowd and they finally sure. scored some goals for them. Yes, sir. Vegas um, golden Knights. Every game, man. Win three to one. And I mean, what, what else is there to say besides they, they got one and then they finally decided, Oh wait, we, we can should do that. Yeah. We can actually score goals. Hey. And 
No I to just, the Blackhawks legend, Matias Janemark, making a play to Alex Tuck for the second goal. Beautiful stuff there. Alex Tuck is just such a good playoff performer. It gets it gets thrown under the table every year. Dude's no, just a is. playoff performer. No, he is what Tom Wilson should be. Yeah. He is exactly what Tom Wilson should be. 100%. He is exactly it. Play the, yeah, <laughs> even, the even like their, their style of skating and everything. Like, I, you know, I, I talk about that crap way too much. Um, that's why I have Jack Hans notifications on their style of skating and everything. Like they, they play so similar. They play so similar. And Alex Tuck is just this exact version of what, what Tom Wilson needs to be. Um, but again, that's besides the point. Um, yeah, there was a tweet. I don't know who tweeted. I don't remember the exact tweet I'm paraphrasing, but basically they said, yeah, the golden Knights are having a hockey game at a rave and that's, they are. I'm sorry. I'm so, so I do not like Vegas fans, right? I do not like Vegas fans at the moment. However, that doesn't mean that I don't adore and love what they do. Dude. The actual Vegas, you know, a front office with their presentation, dude. You're someone who loves uh, wrestling, WWE, UFC, mm-hmm. all that, man. They're putting on a show every night, dude. I I went and to play. I went to when they played the Panthers last year in Vegas and it was like sold out crowd. And it was just like, it was a different atmosphere than most NHL arenas. And like yeah. anyone will tell you that. I feel like it's, you <sighs> just feel like you're seeing like a show in Vegas and then you get to watch hockey in between. And yeah. It's enough with the, I went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. I want this. I want yeah. entertainment. That is, you know what it is? It's like basketball. This is what, this is what, I mean, I have actually haven't been to a bulls game weirdly mm-hmm. enough. Um, but everyone tells me they're like it is the most entertaining thing, and the Bulls are playing. Yeah, it's a lot of and fun. That's what it they make be. it fun because yeah, like the, you're paying for entertainment. It, you're paying yeah. for entertainment, and I know it, people are like, oh well, you know what? Be but, boring. No, you know when when the teams are playing like shit, I should still be entertained. I paid for that. Mm-hmm. And not even entitled. I don't want to sound entitled, but enough. I I blew eighty dollars to sit in the nosebleeds. I want that. <laughs> I want that entertainment. But it, it's just good for the game. It, it's just the, the game should be enjoyable. Yeah. It, it, the crux of everything, it should be enjoyable, and Vegas knows how to do that. And like you said, they decided we're going to score goals again. And Marc-Andre Fleury said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep helping you out for the first period. Go do something for me. And they did that. And uh, now we have a series. Yeah, and I, this question—it's funny how one game can change the perception of what's going on in the series. Because last game, it was literally, "Oh, was Vegas gonna get goalied again?" Blah blah blah. Now it's Minnesota's getting goalied to an extent. They've only scored two goals in two games, and that's interesting after a while because now it looked like after Vegas got that second goal, they had that game under control defensively from that from the way on out they had it under control and i think minnesota started to scramble a little obviously it would have been different because i, I want to point out kevin fiala has been very good this series he just hasn't popped up on the score sheet i mean yeah. victor rask hits a crossbar in the third period if he doesn't that game's tied noted player so, victor rask by the way yeah noted player, noted player who was traded for nino niederreiter like <laughs> paul fenton was just an enigma bro i don't even know what that dude's issue was uh, but enigma. It, it it really gets interesting because obviously Minnesota has those woes and stuff, but then you look at the other side. I found out last night Vegas has never won in Minnesota in their history. 
Really? Once. They've never won in Minnesota. In St. Vegas has never won in Minnesota. Yeah. Found they're that out last. They're not a hockey team. They haven't won in the state of hockey. Yeah, I had his on his cat video. Like, wow. did not That's know crazy. that. Interesting. And Minnesota fans are going to be ra- probably more rowdy than Vegas fans with less people, I'd, I'd argue. No, yeah, no. It's great as Vegas. Vegas has an electric atmosphere, and they create that. Through, I mean, they, they not that the fan, not to take away, anything away from the fans, but they create that from you know the props, everything around them at the arena. Minnesota fans are a roaring beast, like their logo, and they create that themselves because they are from the state of hockey. They are hockey fans down to their blood. Yep. I am so like, man. You know what? I do not like the Wild, but I would be lying. If I said I didn't go back and watch some Zach Parise playoff goals or that Mikhail Granlin OT winner against the Avalanche, the the goal is sick. Jason Zucker crowd, against the Hawks in 2013. Dude, we talked about that, and I said, amazing call. Somehow an even better crowd pop. Their crowd pops are nuts. Nuts. Yeah. So, and, no, I'm excited for that, man. I know you are too. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game tonight for sure. I just feel like – Man, if Minnesota can just get one in the first, it's going to be a whole different game. But if Vegas – like, I, I feel like I said that for every game. But, like, it, it's true, though. Like, if Vegas jumps out early in this game, it's another it's another case of the mental game where Minnesota's going to be like, oh, crap, we're playing from behind again and Flurry's a brick wall. There, like, are a couple, there are two series where – well, I, I was out of my head – where I feel like that matters, you know, the, the first goal. And that's Minnesota and Vegas. And it's like you said, it's Tampa and Florida. Because these – with Tampa and Florida, it's a mental game. With Minnesota and Vegas, it's because they're so both teams can clamp down defensively if they want to. Yep. That goal is going to matter every time. It's just immensely. And the fact I've never seen a series change so drastically in 17 seconds since 2013 when Jonathan Marshall so just goes, "Ah, whatever, you know what? I'm not we're not the 2017 Blackhawks." <laughs> yeah, walks in, bingo, that's it. Yes, Yanmark to Tuck, bingo, and in the third period they score again, and oh, and that's wrap. <laughs> dude, as soon as Dumba scored, Twitter it is amazing. It's amazing how how reactionary we can all be. We go, oh shit, 2017 Blackhawks. 17 seconds later, Jonathan Marchessault so says, no, thank you, and it's a completely different series. Vegas has finally scored. They've opened the floodgates, and it was just they didn't stop. They didn't stop there, and now we have a series. And just think about this. Mark Stone hasn't even scored yet. No. Has he even gotten a point? He, I think he has an assist, but that's it. The, you know, there was – was it Joe Micheletti? Somebody said that he can't do anything without Max Pacioretty, and I I felt a blood vessel pop in my head. Like, dude. He was doing it with fucking, like – Chandler Stevenson. Uh, I'm, I'm not, like, going back to his Ottawa days. Like, speaking just, of reactionary – you know, one and a half games in, still can't do anything with Pacioretty. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm so tired of yeah, hockey, man. I'm so tired of hockey, man. One of the smart, arguably the smartest player in the NHL. Get out of here. Get out of here. Um, But uh, a couple more games here to talk about. Um, I'm going to save the best for last, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go into the Penguins and Islanders series, which has been... I'll admit, maybe one of the more underwhelming series so far. It's about exactly what I'd expect from it. Yeah, it's just kind of like another Eastern Conference series with the Penguins and the Islanders. They kind of do this every now and then, you know. And, you know, it's, the first game was pretty exciting. The second one was just 
it's kind of like Florida Tampa. It's just kind of like, you know, there was a game and, you know, they played it and there was an early lead. They kept it. Most boring games ever are score early, keep the lead. The worst. Just the worst. I, f- I feel like that this game was interesting, though, because the whole story going in was who's starting for New York. Varlamov. Okay, they stuck fun. with Varlamov. They, they put Varlamov in game two, and that surprised me because I thought they would stick with Sorokin. I felt yeah. like he earned the net after last game, especially with yeah. how he held it down in the third period against Pittsburgh. Hockey yeah. love their veterans, man. You they see, love their veteran uh, veteran coupons. Seriously, but then like the game starts, they pot two quick ones on Varlamov in the first, and you're down 2 nothing. Oh, and, and I the know first that's not a big thing for most teams, but for a team that's so offensively challenged like the Islanders, that is a huge deal. It's, mm. I you know what? Like There's another series where the first goal matters. The first, yeah. you know what? And here's the worst thing for the Islanders. I think the first goal only matters their way. Yeah, if it matters the other way, they're fucked. It's like yeah, in that first one, that's a tough one. Brian yeah. Rush just wristing it. Varlamov doesn't even flinch, and it goes right over his glove. Standing tall, it goes over his glove. And then the next one, I believe, was just just a good play. Nothing really he could do. But I will give Varlamov credit. He was great the rest of the game. Great the rest of the game. Oh, no, it was Jeff Carter. And you know what? That's just a sick play. That's just a sick play by a guy who's been making sick plays for a long time. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can't really give him anything on that. And he was great the rest of the game. But I do agree with you that there wasn't really any reason to switch up to Varlamov. Sorokin had a great game. Oh, that toe save on Crosby is just hockey sex. Beautiful. Yep. The tip just... is beautiful. Well, sorry, pun intended, I guess, but uh, the play by Crosby is uh, beautiful on its own, but the save, and not many goalies make saves on that play. I was telling my brother, I was like, I felt like felt like I was Jack Hahn in the most small way possible. Um, the most amazing thing about Crosby and Latang in that situation is that Latang can either, he can shoot it, he can throw it to his left, he can throw it to Crosby for a one-timer, or he can just simply slide it on the ice and Crosby, all he has to do is just this little deft touch, and the goalie has no time to react because he already has to react to what he thinks is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, so, and sometimes you don't even know the guy's there, and you think that it's just going in deep or going to nobody. Or it's going to a guy who's just going to hold the puck down you know, and, and wait for the bumper. It's just, God. And now Rantanen, Rantanen did it, I believe, in the last game of the season. Uh, Rantanen went like inside of the crossbar with the same play. I, I just love mm-hmm. it's like Michigan. I love seeing these just nasty plays that – other skilled players pick up, and it just makes the game so much more fun. Oh, yeah, definitely. Goalies are going like, to be it's... just – sorry, I got to say, goalies are going to be focused on that a lot this offseason. <laughs> Too much. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, even with the Islanders playing so bad last game, I don't think it really matters because they're so good at home. They stole the like, game on the road. You knew Pittsburgh was going to come out swinging game two. Just win game three, and you're back in you're back in control. So yeah. I forget that they, they are really good at home. They really yeah. are. I mean, Pittsburgh was the best team at home this year, and you took one on the road. That's all That's you need to, to do. You could win this series in six, and you would still just win at home. That's all you got to do. There could be a stat so. that proves me completely wrong on this, but it does seem like uh, home records do seem to carry into the playoffs for whatever reason. It just it, good it road teams seem to carry too because I know in the Hawks well, even more the Cup so. in 2015 they were a really good road team the whole year, and then they get to the playoffs team. and they were the road team every time. So 
it it helps, dude. It helps. It's genius. They hey see see they tanked enough to do it. It's just big brain by Q. Big brain <laughs> Tampa. By Q. Oh yeah. Oh Tampa man. Does the same shit, bro. They're the best three seed, and they could be a one seed, but they're a three seed. I was, you know, it's funny. Every almost every time that I would say, you know what, I think they can be doing better. I think Vasilevsky's carrying them. I wouldn't say it, but I sometimes I thought them like, well, the Blackhawks weren't always the best in the regular season, but look what they did. Lightning get that part on now. Boston, look at Boston, man. Best Boston three. They need to win the President's Trophy every year. They do sometimes. They don't need to. They just need to get in. They, they're still good. Yeah. Literally, we said about the Hawks every time. Just get them in. It's get like the. the you know who did that? If I if I recall correctly, the New York Islanders dynasty would do the same thing. They mm-hmm. just they were never the best team in the regular season, but they uh, they held the Stanley Cup at the end of the year, so I don't think they were complaining. Who cares? Yeah, never matters at the end of the year. And uh, speaking of a team that does not seem to understand how to make things matter at the end of the year, we're going to get into the Toronto Maple Leafs game tonight against the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, I don't know. I'm actually really excited for this. I wasn't really – Winnipeg was boring last night to their benefit. Um, I expect mm-hmm. this to be a barn burner. Maybe both ways. Yeah. I think Toronto might cream them. I think Toronto might just blow the blow the barn down today. I hope so. <laughs> oh man, I would love to think that. I would love you know, to. Schmitty, Schmitty, what you're, what I'm doing, I'm trying to manifest. I'm trying <laughs> so hard to manifest. You don't understand how much I'm lying right now. You don't get it. <laughs> you don't understand. Bro. I'm lying through my shitty teeth. <laughs> oh man, I just. It's going to be very fun. And no, they're going to lose 3-1. They're going to lose 3-1. But they could win it in a barn burner. They're not going to lose. Like, dude, we, like, is Carey Price starting? Have they confirmed that? Because. Uh, stop, 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 they, stop, They take stop. down the game one. That's all I'm going to say. Like, nightmare, 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 nightmare. God, <laughs> you are ridiculous, dude. <sighs> oh, let me look it up. Don't, don't, don't look it up. I need to be the one to figure this out. I need to be the one to uh, experience this. Oh boy! Oh boy! Yeah. I, you know my thoughts on the Leafs this year. It's I kind of already penciled them to come out of this division. They just need to prove it to anyone that's not a Canadian team. So, uh, mm, uh, I think they're just keeping it to the, close to the chest to warm up. Honestly, fucking assholes! <laughs> I saw. Um, oh, he's making good saves in practice. I want to kill myself. I saw the line rushes, and one of the lines for Montreal is going to be, if I remember this correctly, Corey Perry, Eric Stahl, Josh Anderson. And I'm like, just put that line up against Simmons, Spezza, and Thornton, and I just want to see a bunch of old men fight. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to see a bunch of, like, I want to see Corey Perry fight Joe Thornton, please. The best 2012 line. Dude, like, I think on the Steve Dangle podcast, they were like, that's an Olympic line. Like that's the twenty four. That's the twenty fourteen Olympic line right there. Absolutely, ass, bro. Like Jesus, Seriously, it really is. And then you got oh, Corey Perry, God. who's you know like heart in twenty eleven. I two years def- removed from a heart. Like Jesus, three years removed. Oh my yeah. God. And definitely, well, I mean, Team Canada. Yeah, not a question. Uh, I will say one thing that I want to like. I want to talk about with the Leafs going into this series. Um. Uh, Obviously, I feel like Matthews is going to show up and stuff, but... Oh, he, he, they, he showed up more than he's giving credit for. They need 
just their top six to not suck. And I know that sounds dumb, okay? How is that dumb? Same thing with Washington. And look where they are. Just saying, dude, because, like, you can't shoot 2% again and expect to win, and you definitely can't expect, like, one of your centers to carry you the whole series. Like, I know two years ago against Boston, Matt, like Savar's kind of going, but it was Matthews that was carrying him late in that series, and it was Matt, and it was not, it was Matthews kind of again, 2020, 2018, it was literally Thomas Placanitz, which is fucking hilarious. But I like, know, dude, the other day I was thinking to myself, I'm like, Thomas Placanitz was a leaf. That I'm happened. Just, okay. I'm just saying though, like, you need you need Matthew Savaris, Nylander, and Marner to show up every fucking game this series, every game till you win the cup or till you get eliminated. Like, I'm I, sorry. And if one of them doesn't show up, it's a red. Like, there's no excuse anymore. There's I, no excuse. Every time we talk about this, I just get a... I just daydream. Boston-Toronto final. I need it more than I need air. More than I need Boston. fucking air. But I don't know how I'm going to emotionally handle them in a second round. I don't uh, know. I know, like... The joke that uh, Connor and I always make is they're just going to need to pull the Capitals and beat their demons, and if they win the cup, <sighs> they can demons just pull, like, are Washington beat, and they beat Flurry. Dude, they beat Pittsburgh, and they beat Flurry. So they got double demons off their back. <laughs> their demon is the Stanley Cup, like, finals. They, I don't think they can play Boston until the finals. Can they? Uh, unless there is a standings reason why they would ma- match up in the conference final, I think yeah. that's the only way. Because I, I no, swear I the top four gets rearranged by point percentage this year, and, and they get to the final four. I think, yeah, I think that they, re- yeah, I don't think they do it by conference. They do it by just like, yeah, matchups. It's going to be so fucking whack because you're going to because you already know it's three teams on the East Coast, and then there's going to be Colorado, or it's going to be Vegas, or it's like if the travel is going to be somehow hell. They play Boston in the conference finals. I'm pretty sure everyone would implode. I need... I need them to run Boston's shit in. Do the thing. Hmm? Like, if they lose to Boston... If they lose to Boston this this playoffs... I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Get out of the first round first. Worry about game one. Don't don't worry about Boston three rounds down. You haven't even made it out of the first round since you were like you and I were in fucking second grade, buddy. Like, <laughs> take a take a big nah. step back. <laughs> yeah, no, it's gonna be the first round. I just Boston lives in any Toronto's fit. Toronto fans rent free. Like when I'm like when I'm thinking about the Blackhawks, I don't care about the Bruins. When I start thinking about the Leafs, is that boogeyman? I just wanted to fucking just demolish that motherfucker. Please. But, yeah, that's a pipe dream that's way out there. Uh, let's just focus on them losing uh, to carry Price through one. That's right. God, have some faith, dude. No, no, shut, shut up. no, you were the one who told me this is going to be this way. You're no, And you're right. And no, you're right. No, 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 no. Every Leafs fan that's putting self-doubt in their mind, that's fine. You have every right to. I'm just saying, like... Only way you guys lose this series is if you fuck it up on your own. Like the only way, oh, the only team who could beat the Leafs this round is the Leafs. It the Habs aren't going to beat the too. Leafs if they win in round one. The it's Leafs. either going to be Carey Price stands on his noggin, or you guys just internally implode. The Leafs beat themselves last year. I yeah. believe that, and they, they beat themselves in 20, 2019 too. Oh, that one they really should have wrapped that shit up in Game Six. 
at home and you did it. It's really nice to have your second line center, but you know, sometimes your second line center doesn't like being there. Well, the second line center won't take a fucking game misconduct and get suspended five games. So yeah, yeah. And well, it wasn't the second line center. They had Tavares, but still, oh. still first 2017-18, who was their second line center. The next season, you have no excuse. You have no excuse. Um, yeah. Twenty seventeen eighteen. It was Thomas Placanis. Yeah, dude, that was their best center in the playoffs. Think about that. It's not okay. Yeah, no, it's not. not. No, it's not. This year, no excuses. Marner's in the top of his game. He and Matthews, who I doubted should be together for a long time. I just hope Hmm? for Marner's sake that he gets a fucking goal tonight. I hope that he he got. He got just obliterated last playoff because he didn't score. Dude, I'm sorry. He got way too much flack. Like, I'm sorry. The it was was, picking on him because of the contract. Look about reactionary, dude. Four winger in the league right now. Easily, at least top five, and I'm I, I, I'm like seriously him, not even being pissed there. Kane, Marshan, Stone, in no particular order. Those Pasternak are the five. Too. Yeah, Pasternak too, but I put Pasternak and Marner there. a little bit around. I put Marshan there this year just because Marshan was better, but yeah, you, you can't really say if Pasternak was either. Yeah, and Marner is just on the outside, and that's perfectly okay. Hey, you got a top seven, ten winger. Good top five. Winger. Good. Fair enough. Um, the guy produces at a rate that Kane did, or more at a rate than Kane did when he was yeah. that age. Like trust Panarin, me. Kucherov, Kane, Marner. Oh, I forgot about Panarin. Son of a bitch. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I felt like I didn't mention Panarin. I wasn't sure if I was forgetting. No, either way. Right. Oh yeah. See, like this is the thing. Like I'm just gonna put him top ten because you can switch these around every year. It's nice, isn't it? See, yeah. Top ten. You can you can literally flip these guys around year in year out. I don't care. Mitch Marner is an elite winger, and that's all I care about. And he has a defensive game. He has a defensive game. Yeah, and Matthews, dude. Dude, yes, Matthews is, Matthews is just rounded his game out to where it needs to be, and he's only going to get better. Bro, he's only going to get better. There was a reason this kid got Kopitar comparables when he was coming out his draft year in Taves comparables. It's because he played really good defense back in Europe. Yeah. He played for Zerk and shit, and when he yeah. plays for the East, When he played here, like, it was – Yeah. And now Sheldon Keefe, ton of credit to him, and it's you know, and a ton of credit to Matthews. A lot like we've talked about Alex DeBrinkett. This is a guy who wants to be better, it's better every and, year, and is yeah, he's not just changing like it's like so you have like an amount of points, right? You have you're like and no, I think like I think in video games you have skill points. This yeah. guy adds points. He doesn't distribute them differently. He adds more, and he just adds more to everything. Yep. He adds more to his game, and that is like Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby got better every year he was in the league. Matthews has gotten be, better every year. He's going to be better than people expect him to be. I really think so. He's a special player. He's the, he's this generation's Ovechkin. No <laughs> one wants to admit it, but he is. If no, he didn't he have is. two, he would. He, I think Steve Dangle said it a couple podcasts ago. He's the best fifty goal scorer to never fo- score fifty goals at the moment. Because <laughs> he's on a sixty goal pace this year, and he would have got fifty last year if the season didn't end. <sighs> he's absolutely right. Absolutely right. You know what? I'll give him give me shit for this, but I think that one thing he has above Ovechkin, he's much more well rounded and he's much more creative in the ways he scores. Center. He already got more than Ovechkin in that. He plays center. He has to play the middle of the ice. He plays the middle of the ice well. Yeah. Like he's a horse. He very well could be a better goal scorer than Ovechkin in his lifetime. Nah. He won't get as many, but 
Mm, that's my hot take. Um, okay, I would love to say that, but when Ovechkin was this age, he was scoring 65 goals. So league is opening up. I, well, I think the I think that the league is just saying. No, I mean you're not. You're you're right. You're Ovechkin absolutely right. Ovechkin had like 200 something goals already. Matthew just stayed healthy, man. It wouldn't be the same, but damn, if no, you stayed Matthew, healthy. If Matthew stayed healthy, he'd have like four 40-goal seasons under his belt. Because yeah, he would have had it in 2018-19. Um, and if he was healthy, you know, maybe... You know what? I will say this. The fact that Matthews is playing as well as he is with all his injuries gives me a little bit of hope for Kirby Doc. Matthews is... So... Hmm? Matthews is... Kirby Doc is not Austin Matthews. No, he's me. not. No, no, he's not Austin Matthews, but it shows that a guy at a high level can work through that. And there have been other players who have done it, but just when I hear about something like that, I'm like, you know what? You know what? This isn't Gabe Velarde. This is not Gabe Velarde at all. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. He is no Austin Matthews. He will never be, and I'll never expect him to be, but <laughs> it's pretty obvious I've got a, a continuing insecurity about that injury because, yeah, it's just – it's been two years now. It's been two years now, and he hasn't even played half a year games. No, no, he has. He definitely no. Yeah, he has. No. He's played uh, Doc. He's played like he hasn't even played two full seasons yet. No, he's no. played eighty something games in his career. Yeah, like not even. I think he's played eighty. Like that's a full season's worth. I was gonna say not even a full season, but I wasn't sure how many games he missed and how many games he missed the first year. How I'm many games? Look he it played. up. I think he's played. I think his career games now regular season are seventy nine. So, yeah, like, no, yeah, eighty-two. Like, so he played eighty-two games. He's got <laughs> he played a full season. My bad. <laughs> Ten games, twenty-three assists, thirty-three points. His first eighty-two games is uh, God, in the I just, I just need him to have a good year next year. I need. Dude, him to and have the thing is, like Doc, with like seventy-eight percent, was almost half a point a game, or over half a point a game. He had. He had 12 points in – no, 10 points in 18 games. I almost said 12. He was 10. I did not think he had that many in that. Yeah, I didn't think so either, but he picked up a bunch at the end before he yeah. got hurt. Before they, Good. Not, not before he got hurt, but before they just shelved him. Before they realized he was still hurt or admitted it. Yeah. Um, But, no, I, I have a lot of doubt in how he's going to do next year, but I think I'm, I may be also – I think we're all I, – I have to say, I think that his Hawks fans, I think we're just – too worried because this he is our next hope at the future at the moment. I, I just think, don't want us to look too high on him. That, that's all I worry about too. All the time. Just, I'm like, man, am I really overhyping this guy? And oh, I don't that's why I don't put a lot of hype in any of these guys. That's why like I, I feel like like um Ben like Ben was kind of surprised that I was that you and I were so just like, dude, if Jack Eichel, if that's the difference between Jack Eichel Bye, Doc. I love you, but you're gone. Sorry. Oh, exactly. Exactly. No, I don't like. Doc I'm sorry. These guys are good. They can be very good, but I will always, and I mean always, take the guaranteed product over the magic beans. And uh, as absolutely. of right now, both Wilson and Doc are still magic beans. They're good magic beans, but they're still magic beans. And so, you are absolutely correct when you say that. No offense to Ben. I'm very. Again, no, uh, no, 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 no. He's coming from 100%. It's just like. Oh, I don't think you are. I don't you think can you are at all. Your team that much? We all love we all love Ben in this chat. We all love Ben in this Christian server. By the way, I I did mention it uh back when the rumors came up for Eichel, but I want to mention it again, and I just think it makes perfect sense. Um, which is why I want to bring it up again because it's also relevant to, and you were a big fan of this, John Davidson back as the president of hockey operations for Columbus. Yeah, go into that. I know you like this move. 
Yeah, so the Blue Jackets brought back John Davidson, who was one of their big parts of their organization for the last four years up until, I think, 2019. And on top of that, they did exactly what I wanted them to do, which is extend Yarmo Kekalainen to 24-25. Oh, they did? Did, yep, huh? they extended him on top that. of that. Good. Yep, that was that was like a group thing with John Davidson getting uh, re-signed. Because that's great. Yeah, no, because I'm sorry, Jerome Kekalainen has done everything in his power to make this team a playoff team. It just yeah. comes down to how they were being deployed. So that's Torella. Get a new coach. See what he's got with these players. Because there's pieces there in Columbus. Like no one wants to admit there. that there is, but there are. I don't care if he's coached there before. Get Gerard Gallant the fuck back. Get him back right yeah. now. He is exactly what that team needs. He is exactly what that team needs. Definitely. I just... Yeah. It, it's, I a, him, but, it's, it's a great yeah. sign of where they're going to go forward in Columbus. Because yeah. instead of making a lateral... like People would say this is a lateral move because they're going back to who they had before. But who they had before was what got them to being in the playoffs three straight years. Or four straight Maybe years, I, I guess. Maybe it was you, but you were the one all along. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Maybe he is the one all along. He... He's damn good at his job. There's a reason they brought him back. There's a reason yeah, he, did he was dude, New York. He was da- he was doing a damn good job in New York for two years before he got abruptly fired because fucking fired for uh, James Dolan's an actual sieve. But <laughs> oh my god, oh James Dolan, James Dolan. That's besides the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is it? Or is it? Because man, Columbus really lucked out with that. Yarmo, oh, yeah, big time. I don't know. I don't, would Yarmo Kekalainen be the one making that move? Or is that the owner's job? It's the owner's making that move. But Kekalainen definitely gets a word in it if he's getting extended. Oh, Kekalainen definitely, definitely, uh, definitely like Probably it. put in a good word at least. Like, shit. And I, I got to think Columbus just kind of like their eyes widen when D- John Davidson was back available on the market. So... Oh. No doubt, and I again, I just pray that their eyes are open for Gerard Gallant too, because man, it They're literally exactly what they need. Uh, well, anything else to get into? I'm not well, sure. I think we covered every ground for the playoffs so far, and we got a little Hawks in there too. So as we should, as we always should, yeah. buddy. Come on now, center of the league, as they oh, should I guess be. We can... We can guess who we think is going to win tonight and then call it. Yeah, you know what? Let's, yeah, let's just – let's score as right. wide. Got it. Okay. Game three, Tampa, Florida. Who do you got? Florida 4-2. Florida 4-2? I'm going yep. Tampa. I'm going Tampa 5-1. to one. I'm saying they just <laughs> step on the throat. That's, I think that's more likely. <laughs> but I have a gut feeling about – like I'm going more of like gut feeling. I trust that. But Florida, I just – it's Quinville, man. It's Joe Quinville. Okay. All right. Uh, Pittsburgh and New York. Who you got? I got New York winning 3-1. to one. I think it's going to be another tight game, and I just think they're going to score first and kind of play their game on Pittsburgh. And But if Malkin's back tonight, I'm going Pittsburgh 4-3. But he's a game-time decision, so that's the big thing. If Malkin's not playing, though, Islanders are winning. <laughs> Islanders 4-1, maybe 5-1, one, but I'm leaning more towards 4-1. Gotcha. And I'm thinking four okay. one. I just think they're good at home. They just it's there's someone they play at home and they just know how to run things. The more I think about that, the more I feel like they don't need to worry as much about the first goal because there's just something when they're at home. I don't know what it is. Yeah. 
And it, that, that stadium's going to be rocking. They got like nine. The stadium's going to be rocking. They haven't had a lot of, like, that many fans there this year. And you know that yeah, Islanders crowd's rowdy as shit. Get out of Barclays for one, but those fans don't care where they are that cheer their asses right. off. All right. Uh, Vegas. Your favorite game. Oh, you're not even going to. Okay. No, <laughs> that's for last. You know me. Oh, my God. Okay. Um. I'm going to go Vegas gets their first win in Minnesota ever, and it's going to be 3-2 to two in overtime. I don't know but about Kaprizov scores. He's getting his first goal tonight. I wasn't sure about overtime, but I was going to say 3-2 Vegas. Look at our Mario. And what uh, I dread. Um, the, Montreal. The, hold on. What is it? What is it? The Hockey Night in Canada Game of the Night or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I just. Nothing says Hockey Night in Canada. Harry Price and putting up licks. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. I got Toronto winning 5 2. They're going to win TCB tonight. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do, right? I'm going to give you what I think is realistic <laughs> Toronto 4 2 or 5 2. Kind of leaning more towards 5 2, you know, like late empty and other whatever. Um, what I think is realistic is a repeat of last night or not realistic who I think is going to happen. My gut feeling what I'm afraid of and what I'm afraid of with the team happens. I think we're going to get Carey Price doing what Connor Hallibuck did last night. I just feel it in my gut and it's sinking lower and lower. But you know what? I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Please Dude, be right. Keep your team. Have some confidence. God damn it. <laughs> They're winning game one. They don't have Caulfield, Kakanyemi, or Roman. They're winning game one. They're winning it. game there one. There you go. That's say, say what's up. the They're winning game one. Hell yeah, they're winning game one. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah, so boys. Hell yeah. Yeah, we're totally going to win this game. Woo! Yeah, boys. Yes. Yeah. We have no issues with the playoffs. We're going to go win this game and continue our playoff dominance. Yeah. <sighs> I think we're going to win game one is definitely a good podcast name right there. That's that's good. That's really good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's about it. Um, once again, very happy to uh, have a podcast, if uh, unfortunately not with both, but with one of my uh, sexy partners. And, uh, again, if you uh, enjoy the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter. We're on Spotify, Apple. Um, are we, I believe we're on YouTube. I don't know if we're on SoundCloud anymore. Baby, we're everywhere now. We're in prime time, okay? So you know what? Check us out. It's bananas. Yeah. Exponential growth. It's now class. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah. Um, I guess to uh, sort of steal from the Steve Angle podcast, you want to follow the boys on Twitter. Uh, Schmitty is at Dylan Schmidt on Twitter. Pierce is at Pierce W. Steph on Twitter. And I am the one who didn't use his name. I'm at Chi-Town Faithful. So, if you want to follow us, check us out. We uh, we we tweet funny things sometimes. I think so. Yeah, check us out and uh, yeah, feel free to interact. Uh, I still like I just gave permission to do that. I hate that. That's just awful. But yeah, we're friendly sometimes. We're funny sometimes. You're allowed. I know that I'm. I know that our podcast has a thousand plays, but I'm. I'll listen. I'll interact on my Twitter page. Whatever. Yeah. No. Yeah. If you like it, listen. If you don't, good for you, man. Have a good day. Thanks for listening.
please share. Sure. Share. Controls don't get blocked.